the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, and I have another splendid guest for us today, and it's not a first for the show. We are joined by Richard Borges. How are you today, Richard? Very good, Terry. How are you? I'm not bad. I understand you've got a little bit of cold. Are you uh, you holding up okay? <laughs> yeah, luckily it's not COVID or anything like that, but I, I just think it's sort of time of year, September, I've been trying to get back into sort of keeping fit and stuff, so just being outside a little bit more, I've obviously got a bit of the lurk, but um, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine. I, I, hopefully we'll make it through. Yeah, as long as it's not the man flu, we'll be all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the first question I'd like to ask all my guests is just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Just introduce yourself, about, a little bit about your past, a little bit about what you're up to now. Yeah, sure. So um, as, as you said, uh, Richard Borges from Intelligent Instructor. Um, I've been working with Intelligent Instructor now for just over three years, um, along with this uh, sister company, First Car. Um, my history over the last 15 years has always been in the driver training industry, I actually joined um, BSM back in 2005, um, and that was down in Bristol. And that's very much in the call centre. So BSM's main call centre was was down in uh, Bristol. We were owned by the RAC at the time. Uh, lots of very changes. So I literally saw the whole changeover from RAC management to a private equity company. We then went into administration. The AA bought BSM for a pound um, and then went over and started working on both AA driving school and BSM in the marketing team. Um, and then three years ago, um, like I said, decided that I'd done my time um, in that sort of big blue chip environment and wanted something a little bit different and joined the guys, um, Intelligent Instructor and, and First Car. Awesome. Uh, so you kind of stayed in the instructor industry there. Is, mm-hmm. is that because it's an industry you enjoy or was it just that that was a, a job role that suited you at the time? I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not something that when I came out of school, I thought, <laughs> you know training or whatever is, is for me learner drivers but um i think i was quite lucky in bsm the fact that the business was in quite a, a state of flux it gave an opportunity for certain people like myself who was quite driven to learn new skills and to progress quite quickly so when the aa came in one thing that they did recognize that was positive about the bsm brand at the time was digital marketing so you know we had an e-commerce journey we had a website something that the aa driving school at the time didn't really have so they very much bought that element of BSM into the AA. And luckily enough, I was, you know, really excited to join this huge company, really good reputation in terms of um, breakdown and stuff. I hadn't really heard too much about the driving school at the time, but it was a good opportunity to learn some stuff. And really it it was something that I sort of grew into. Um, and then when I left AA BSM, again, it, was, it seemed like a natural sidestep to come to um, Intelligent Instructor and First Car, sort of a little bit, a little bit different necessarily than just working for a driving school. It's much more of a, a media business, a publishing house who sort of develop all these magazines and, and work very much independently of, of anybody else, which is quite nice. Yeah, and, and, and you're the head of digital there. Um, I'd just be interested, and, and it may not be a fair comparison at the moment with the whole COVID and lockdown and stuff that's gone on, but as we get further and further into sort of a digital age, how are you seeing the the difference in traffic in you know like the digital side of the intelligent instructor compared to the magazine side? Yeah, absolutely. So really and truly, I was brought into the business to try and future proof us, um, ready for a world where essentially magazines aren't going out. So you know, first car, I'm sure we'll come on to this, but they produce over two million magazines every year that go out to learner drivers on theory test and practical test points. 
Um, if those magazines don't exist, where does the first car business sit? So we've been developing new websites. We've been developing an, a new app. Everything that we can do to try and bring first car into the same position that is in for print into a digital space as well. Um, I'm saying for Intelligent Instructor, actually, again, when I joined the business, it was a magazine, had this sort of small website that no one really visited, didn't really have any, any benefit to go into the website. And what we've done is really created a new news resource for drive instructors, loads of training information, different features from different contributors who used to write in the magazine, now write in, uh, on the website instead. So it's really just a, a different channel, the same sort of content, really. Um, but we can aggregate lots more content on the website because obviously, one, there's an endless amount of pages. You know, we're not limited by X number of pages in a magazine. And two, it's a lot quicker to go out and say, you know, insurance companies or car brands, what have you got for us? And they can give us news stories and we can share those out. Um, we can work with NASP and ADI NJC. We work with really closely um, DVSA. They can come to us. We can amplify that message and get it out to um, the instructor audience, which is great. And, and, and to answer your question about what happened in COVID, actually, we saw, um, again, a big concern for us at the time. We were sort of in, in a world where we didn't really know what was going to happen. And traffic levels to the website soared. Um, driving instructors, unfortunately, were sat at home, couldn't go to work. So naturally, their first thing to do was... You know, I don't want to completely lose touch with my business. How do I keep in touch with what's going on? Will there be restrictions or whatever else? So traffic levels to the website probably doubled actually um, in sort of May, June time of last year. You did say something there that, that struck fear into my heart, which was that, <laughs> that magazines may not exist anymore. It's like, no. <laughs> and I know that's the way we're going. And I don't know how many decades it'll be, but you know, the idea of books and magazines just not existing, it, uh, it makes me regret selling the hundreds of books that I had those yeah. years ago. Um, I'd imagine also like with the, the idea of um, it being online as well, um, you can have sort of a more flowing newsfeed, if you like, much like a social media platform almost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we aim to get probably between two and three news pieces on the website, Intelligent Tractor, every single day. Um, so, you know, if something happens, we can literally post about it immediately. With our, ma our magazine, it was a monthly title. So sometimes you'd sort of, if you didn't pick the magazine up until, say, the end of September and the news piece was the middle of August, you sort of missed the boat a little bit in terms of actually telling people about it and informing them. Whereas with um, the channels that we've got right now, a news piece will come and land on our desk. It'll be on the website within that day. We'll share it across our Facebook channel. Then on um, a Friday, we send out an email to everybody that signed up to our database, which is like a weekly roundup of all the news that we posted. Um, so within seven days, it's guaranteed that as long as you're signed up to either the database or you visit the website or the Facebook page at least once, you've probably seen that news piece. Um, yeah. Uh, the big thing I've got you on the show to talk about today was the Instructor Expo. Uh, I'm going to come on to that in a minute because just while we're talking about the Intelligent Instructor magazine, something that had completely passed me by, uh, and I've no idea how, um, mm -hmm. was the Intelligent Instructor Plus, which you were just telling me about before the show. And yeah. I think that if it's passed me by, it's probably passed more people by so i'd just love to give you the opportunity just to tell us a bit about that now so anyone listening like me that didn't know can actually go yeah. and, and investigate yeah absolutely and apologies if that's been the case for anybody else as well it's certainly not been on purpose we've tried to send out communications um but again you know things can get lost in in junk spam boxes or whatever if it's an email or again if we're posting that much news on site sometimes 
on the Facebook page, it can get lost these messages. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are other people in that um, in that sort of position, same as you, Terry. To be honest, um, but the magazine, the model was um, always around getting it out as a free title. Um, people subscribe to Intelligent Instructor to get a copy to their front door because, again, some people were going into um, test centres and there weren't uh, wasn't a copy available, or um, you know they, they'd forget and leave it around. So having it at home on the coffee table was a lot. Um, a lot more sort of all-encompassing in terms of being able to read the magazine. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of that had to stop, and it just, from our perspective, wasn't viable to continue to produce the magazine. Uh, created a digital version for one month, but again, the readership was really low, so literally all cards on the table. You know, without having a decent readership, it's not viable for us to continue. Um, so what we did is we created a new membership scheme called Intelligent Instructor Plus or II Plus, and what that does is it gives our um, members a, a completely set of new benefits. So you'll probably have seen over the last 12 months, we've been running um, training sessions, online training sessions. So very much like this through Zoom uh, with the likes of Lynn Barry, Ray Seagrave, who I know you've had on a podcast before. Um, great guy. We've had um, Rob Coolin, a, a load of different speakers off the top of my head. I can't remember exactly who, but a um, load of great speakers that have joined us. Lou Walsh was another one. Um, and obviously those sessions are chargeable. So Intelligent Instructor Plus members would get a discount off those sessions. So instead of 36 quid, it'd be 26 quid, so they'd save £10. Um, they'd also get a stack of first car magazines. So outside of the test um, sort of style magazines that we produce, first car produce a Young Driver's Guide, which is normally given out by road safety teams across the country. Um, it's sort of an all-encompassing, so it's got everything from first car theory and first car practical all in it, uh, along with a lot of road safety messages. And we produce a parent's guide. So again, road safety teams up and down the country will come to us and say, you know, we've got an issue with um, young drivers in our area having too many accidents or whatever. We need to do something about it. So we'll have loads of your young driver's guides. We'll give those out in schools and colleges. And we'll have loads of your parent's guides. And we'll go to, I don't know, supermarkets or wherever parents might be. And we'll give those out as well. Um, so within the IO Plus, you'll get, a stack of 50 of each of those so again a great thing you can pop in the car in the boot whenever you get a new pupil young driver's guide goes to the pupil parents guide goes to the parents and it's just a nice touch i think if you're an instructor and you've got a new pupil it's giving them added value um and there's a range of other benefits as well um a 30 minute legal consultation if you've got any issues 30 minute marketing consultation for your website or whatever. So um, again, from the intelligent instructor website, you can see a full list of benefits, but we've tried to create something that's it's 12 pound a quarter. So it's not going to break the bank, um, but it still keeps you in touch with everything that's going on from intelligent instructor. Yeah. You've sold me. <laughs> um, I'll be signing up for that. And I'll also put links for that in the show notes as well. So you, uh, people can go directly from here, but I will just say, I'm surprised at that price with the, the stuff you were saying there, I would have expected you to say sort of twelve pound monthly, but you're saying that's twelve pound a quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, with the magazines, the first car ones, we don't actually actively um, want to. Is probably the wrong word, but we're not actively in the business of that to make a profit from it. Um, obviously, first car is um, a commercial business, and we have to make money. But at the same time, like we've got contracts with the DVSA to deliver these magazines at theory and practical stages. We also want to sort of broaden our horizons. And also, you know, the first car intrinsically has been built on a, on a house of road safety. So if we can get these magazines out there and they have a benefit, there's a much more bigger benefit to us in terms of sharing road safety messages. Yes, those magazines had 
advertising in them as well. So getting volume of magazines out helps as well. Um, and ultimately, you know, we know that instructors have been through quite a tough time in the last 18 months. So anything we can do to make sure that, you know, we've just got a, a continued stream of conversation with them without having to, you know, ask them for serious amounts of money on a regular basis. I, you know, I think that's that's something that's very much worth doing, actually. Yeah, and, and another thing that, that you're providing now, and, and I believe this is free of charge, is the Instructor Expo, uh, which I believe is on Sunday the 10th of October, uh, kicking off right. at 9.30 a.m. First of all, I'm just going to ask you to tell us a little bit about that, because I didn't attend the last one, and I'm going to ask you a bit about the last one shortly, but I'd be interested just to, for everyone listening, tell us what we can expect at the Expo this year. Sure. So if you haven't been before, the Expo is like something that you've probably never seen in our industry before. There's been trade shows before, and I've been to a lot of those, and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, but this one really is, I would say, again, I'm biased, but um, really is a step above. It's something that you'll literally have to take a day out to obviously come along to. And we recognize that as an intelligent instructor that you're going to have to take a day away from earning money with your learners. Um, so what we want to do is make sure that everyone that comes to the event, they come away thinking that they've learned a few things, They've had a fun day. They've probably got some free goodies in their bag and they've spoken to suppliers that help them um, help them run their business in a more effective and cost-effective manner. So, you know, it has to be an all-encompassing day. And really, you've got half past nine until four o'clock um, to cover off everything. Um, it's going to be a hugely packed day. We've got over 30 speakers. Um, actually, I can give you uh, an exclusive here, Terry, which you'll quite like. Um We've recently just agreed with the DVSA that um, Love Day Rider will be coming along. So that's the CEO of um, the DVSA. Um, obviously, she's never been to an event like this before, so um, it'll be a great coup for us to get her. Um, she's going to be joined by John Sheridan, training manager. Um, and what we've got is a live stage. So um, again, forgive me for not knowing the exact time, but I think it's about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, they'll both be up on the live stage, so everyone there will be able to go along. It was a hugely popular um, session, as you can imagine, in the previous event, we'll have a couple of preloaded questions that we're asking um, our audience for. And again, an email will be going out about that shortly. Um, and then if we've got time, obviously, we'll open um, questions up to the floor as well. So um, that's just a flavor. We've got training providers. We've got people talking about tax, social media. Um, we've got over 50 exhibitors. So different companies from across the industry. Again, everything from driving schools technology companies, um, uh, car providers, whatever you could imagine, really. Um, and it, like I said, it really is an event where it's free to attend. Uh, we want as many people to come along and have as much fun as possible. Um, we're keeping in touch with the event uh, location at all times to understand how to make the event as safe as possible as well. Obviously, COVID is sort of still developing in terms of how we can run events. Very much on on top of that in terms of what we can do and what we can't do um so whoever does come along can feel rest assured that we're taking all of the right um steps to make sure that the events as safe as possible and the, the location we've chosen um for the past two events is uh, a place called meriden i don't know if you're familiar with it terry uh it's near coventry um and actually it's the center point of england so literally there's a flag just down the road which <laughs> This is the middle of England. So I appreciate if you're from Northern Scotland or very West Wales or whatever, that it's going to be quite difficult to get to. But in general, if you're from Bristol like myself or London or Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, you know, it shouldn't be more than two hour drive max um, to get there. Uh, again, you know, we, we respect that people have got to travel and things to that. But by picking the middle of England, we give as many people as possible the chance to get there. 
again, you've sold it to me. <laughs> but what I will say that, and I'm sure that anyone listening will have a, their ears will have perked up at one thing you've said there, I'm sure, which is the Love Day Rider being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, will uh, she be taking questions? Yes. So as I said, we'll be trying to get as many questions up front. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion, whilst we want people to have a natural experience, we want people to get their questions across, we also don't want people to get sort of, um, I don't know, jump through questions that they don't really um, expect. And actually, yeah. for, for someone who's not been to an event like this before, giving her and her team as much chance to prepare um, will mean that they'll get better quality answers in the end. Um, so, for example, we know there are going to be questions about test bookings and things like that. So, you know, giving the DVSA the time to pr- um, present a proper answer where they've given it a lot of thought and they can maybe share more detail on the actions they're taking rather than just being put on the spot. For me, like I said, giving them a little bit of prep time gets better answers. I know people think there's, there's other ways around it, but um, very much so if, if we've got time at the end of those few sessions, uh, sorry, few questions, then 100% we'll, we'll open the floor. You know, we, we did it last time and a couple of people got an opportunity to answer, uh, ask and have their questions answered on the day as well. Um, I'm, I'm quite impressed by that. So not just in, in a new getting her to, to attend but also the fact that she is because the DVSA is under and again I'm not putting my opinion on this but it's under fire from a lot of instructors at the minute and well from all quarters from the public as well so I think to actually um, to front up and actually present there is is uh, quite impressive I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by that so that's a good thing <laughs> yeah to, to be honest it, I think the DVSA uh, tends to be under fire quite a lot um, yeah of sort of our industry in general and you know everyone's got their opinions of how they run things and what they should be doing what they shouldn't be doing um but i've always found again like john's fantastic john sheridan um him and jackie turlin came to the last event two years ago um and they've never really shied away from coming to these events and putting themselves like i said in that um environment where they can answer the questions um that they get really so um they'll also be walking around and obviously taking the event in so um, you know, I would remind everyone that, you know, they're trying their best and that they're doing their, their bit for the industry. And I'm sure, like I said, people have got their own opinions, but um, very much the event is there to be educational, um, to learn things. Maybe they'll share a few things in terms of how they're dealing with the issues that instructors are facing every day, um, which is ultimately what we want to happen. And, and if you walk away as an instructor thinking, well, you know, um, actually maybe they're not quite as bad as I think they are, or, you know, at least they're doing some things to take steps to make sure that these things don't continue in the way that they are, then, you know, that's a fantastic um, outcome, ultimately. Yeah, and, and one thing I'm just going to add on that for, for anyone listening, and, and I'm sure that 99% of people listening won't need me to say this, but um, I'm sure you're in some Facebook groups, Richard, uh, and we see some of the comments, so just be respectful, guys. You know, you might be frustrated, but uh, just be nice. Play nice. So we're just taking a short break to thank you for your support and to tell you other ways in which you can support the show. So first of all, you can just give us a like, a subscribe, a follow, a share, all that kind of stuff on social media. If you're feeling extra generous, go and leave us a nice little five-star review. Or if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the instructor. Over there, not only can support the show on different levels, there's a £2 tier, a £5 tier, and a £10 level as well. So you can support the show, but you also get access to lots of additional content. So the shows will be up early, 
they'll be up ad-free, and there's loads of bonus shows. Well, you get the full historical episodes of The Green Room, we get alternative routes, we get standard check checklists, which are coming out this month, as well as a whole host of others that are being introduced as well. So make sure you go and check out patreon.com forward slash instructor. It's a subscription service, but if you sign up and you don't like it, you can always cancel. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group as well, uh, the Instructor Podcast group over on Facebook. So, yeah, thank you for supporting the show. Please check out the other ways you can support the show as well. Really appreciate listening today. But for now, let's get back to the interview. But, yeah, you mentioned previously about the um, the, the expo, the, the previous expo you've done. Um, could you just tell, again, I wasn't at that one. Can you tell me a little bit how that went in terms of, did you achieve what you wanted to achieve from it? And and then bringing that forward, how this one, or if this one's going to be any different? Yeah, no, definitely. I think we initially had a conversation with Lynn, Sue, and the guys at the ADINJC about their conference, because we always went to that one every year, and it was very much for ADINJC members. It was quite a small thing. Um, and they've been doing the same thing for over 10 years, I think. So it started to feel tired probably the wrong way, but just... You know, it was the same thing every year. So they wanted to sort of freshen it up and do something a little bit different. Um, and obviously, we were delighted to, to work with them. They've got a huge database of driving instructors and huge connections in the industry, um, really respected. And, you know, they're, they're absolutely fantastic to work with. Um, this, the one thing I would say, if anyone's ever dealt with Lynn, uh, Lynn Barry, Sue Duncan, et cetera, the guys at the ADI and JC, um, they are absolutely fantastic people and not just very good at their jobs. Um but we looked back at the um, the expo uh, sort of idea in 2019 um, and thought, you know, we could probably put on something, as I said really earlier, that this industry's never seen before. You know, um, it was like a maybe not quite ready for the NEC, um, but the venue that we've got is split into two big halls. We've got there's a marquee, there's five speaker rooms. Um, we've got all the connections with people in terms of the contributors from the magazines. So we really thought we could put on an event that, again, was free to attend um, and was probably, if you're going to take one day out of your sort of job role um, per year, that was the one that you should probably take. And you'll you'll take a lot away from that. Um, and the event in 2019 was, uh, and again, I'm probably biased, but um, it, it seemed like a huge hit. Um, you know, we spoke to people on the way in, on the way out. Um, what did they think? We polled people after. Some of the feedback we had was fantastic. Um, helped it, you know, Red came along with their coffee Land Rover so everyone could get a free cappuccino. Um, Hitachi were giving away um, like crepes so, um, you know, people get some free food, um, which always sort of ticks the right box, especially if you've had a long drive from uh, wherever it might be to get to the event. Um, and again, it was a great mix where people could go to these seminar sessions. You didn't have to pay. You didn't pre-book. So, you know, you weren't disappointed on the day. You could literally just go rock up. I think maybe one or two of them were full, but in general, um, you know, there was a good mix and we've got four or five speakers on at any one time. So, you know, if you can't go to one, there's another one on, and, you know, you can diversify your day. You can walk around the event a little bit and meet all the people on the stands. Then you can pop off for a few seminar sessions, maybe grab some lunch. So, you know, pop outside to have a test drive. That was in 2019. Um, Rob Cooling comes along with his EV instructor team, um, so there's loads of different vehicles to look at as well, which is great. Um, so there's, there's loads to do on the day. And, you know, the feedback we got was absolutely fantastic. We had over 700 people through the door in 2019, um, which for us was amazing. We, we sort of aimed for six to 650 at the time. Um, and to be honest, this year, we're looking to improve on those numbers. 
Um, if we can get close to a thousand over the course of the day, I'll be absolutely delighted. Um, obviously, you can have a, an element of no shows with tickets that are free. People are going to change their plans or whatever might happen the day before or in the morning. You decide, actually, you know, I'm going to relax my family and have a roast dinner. That, that's absolutely fine. You know, we appreciate that's going to happen. Um, but if we can get somewhere close to a thousand, then I think that'll make it a fantastic day. And, you know, some of these events you go to, they look almost empty half the time. Um, and I'm not talking about driving instructor events in particular, but we go to a lot of trade show events for road safety or whatever it might be, cars in particular. Um, and I think by just having people around, it creates a bit of a buzz and excitement. Um, so very much, you know, our, our target this year, if we can get over 750 to 1,000, somewhere in that in that region, then um, we'll be really, really pleased. That'd be awesome. And, and for anyone listening, I'm, I'm going down. Uh, you can come and say hello to me, but <laughs> and I hope that doesn't put people off, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it sounds like a great show. It's a great opportunity. It's one day, and you're going to get to hear loads of people talk. You get... Sounds like you might get a free coffee. And if, if Love Dear Idol turned up, don't, bring, don't tip you over that thousand scale. I'm not sure what will. But <laughs> looking long-term, have you got sort of future plans for this as to where you want to take it long-term? Yeah, well, originally last year we had planned three different events. So what we wanted to do was um, literally cater for the people that maybe can't make the national one, whether it be, you know, distance or just literally that day's not good for them or whatever. So we started to look at, do we do... A northern version so you know it could be scotland or um, the north of england and then we do uh, another one in the south now again covid put pays to all that and we had to cancel all three events unfortunately so i could see a, a world where next year potentially we do a national one and then maybe we rotate between a, a north one and a south one there's always one up in scotland or something like that because you know we appreciate people are going to be finding it difficult to come from specific places in the uk to get to that uh, that event and you know we don't want people to miss out at the same time we don't want there to be 25 different shows in each city every couple of months you know from a business the size of ours it's just one it'd be impossible to manage um and two really this type of event you don't need to go to one once a month or whatever you need to be out there especially with what's gone on in the last year earning some money so um you know if you can take one day out and tick all those boxes i think that works Definitely. Um, now, I don't mean to put you on the spot with this because it mm -hmm. is quite a, a sensitive subject, but you did mention COVID there. Yep. Um, now, I know there's no mandatory regulations around masks and all that kind of stuff, but is there any guidance that you're going to be offering around people coming? I, I think, you know, it's, it's whatever people feel comfortable with. If people want to come along and they want to wear a mask, then obviously they're absolutely welcome to. The guidance that we've been given by the venue and by the local council, et cetera, so far is that they don't have to wear a mask. Um, we'll have hand sanitizer stations all over the event, obviously. Um, again, we're not encouraging contact with um, people that are on stands, you know, stand two meters apart, have that conversation instead of maybe shaking a hand and standing right next to them, just using common sense, really. And, and like I said, whilst we're not trying to step away from managing the event in any way, I think everyone has their own sort of opinion and approach to COVID now in terms of how they deal with people and how they deal with an event like that. Um, so as long as people are comfortable um, and people sort of feel that they can make up their own mind and how they interact with people on the day, that'll be absolutely fine. Um, but we're obviously keeping in touch with the venue who run multiple events like this every month. They run weddings. I'm actually going to an event called the Fully Charged Show, which is like an electric vehicle um, event. I'm going to that on Friday. 
So again, one of the sort of ideas behind that is I'll have a little look to see what they're doing. Is there anything that we can take in terms of learnings from what they're doing to implement in our event as well? So, you know, anything we can do to make people more comfortable, 100% will do. Um, but there is always going to be an element of it's up to the attendee to decide how they want to interact with people. Yeah, and I know that people can just turn up on the day, but mm-hmm. obviously, like you said, things could change potentially. So would you advise anyone that wants to come kind of, because I know you can book in advance, can't you? Would you advise they book so that you can contact them via email if anything does arise? 100%, yeah. If you, if you can book on the, on the website, um, so it's events.intelligentinstructor.co.uk. I'm sure Terry will pop the link um, again on, on the show notes. Um, if you can register, that'll be fantastic. Not only will you get regular updates in terms of new speakers and new exhibitors, new activities that are going on during the day. Um, obviously, if there's any issues with, I don't know, the day itself or different plans, different timings, things could move. So um, by having that connection in terms of a, um, an email from us, then um, that would be a, a massive help for us. And again, it helps us manage how many people are going to be there on the day. The, the events, um, the, the event venue is massive. Um, it can cater for well over a thousand people, but we sort of need to have a rough idea how many people we think are going to be there yeah. any one time. And also the reason why we stagger it and start at half nine is driving instructors are always early. Um, you know, it, it's an inherent thing of your job, I think. Um, so we know people are going to be there at nine. We'll get a couple of stragglers there at half eight, no doubt. Um, the one thing I would say is don't arrive too early. There literally is nothing there. <laughs> um, so other than sort of sat in a corner for an hour, which we don't want you to do, um, you know, I would say if you can uh, arrive a little bit early, of course, quarter past nine, nine o'clock, absolutely fine. But um, I, I would encourage you to try and um, sort of arrive after nine, not before that, really. Um, it just, again, it helps manage the, the foot for a traffic. And if all the exhibitors aren't set up and ready to go, um, then again, there's going to be a lot of people just, waiting around doing nothing really yeah uh, but yeah i will put links for in the show notes uh, i'll also put them up on uh, my social media stuff as well when i promote this so so people can sign up there um regarding the actual event itself is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to above anything else so i love the activities so you know i'm not a driving instructor um so going to sit and, and listen to a couple of talks on how to be a driving instructor or how to run my tax accounts, whatever that might be, pretty useless for me, if I'm honest. Um, obviously, massively relevant to your audience, so uh, please don't say that as being, <laughs> being uh, down, downtrading on that. But um, probably the activities stand out for me. So, you know, we have a giant scale extrix coming along that's sponsored by Bill Plant Driving School, um, and that's always good fun to have a little race on there. I love cars, so the electric vehicles are always super interesting. We've got... Um, the incredible ice cream company coming along. So again, you can't really tell because I'm neck up, but love my food. <laughs> um, so a, a free ice cream or whatever will go down really well. Um, and also actually don't drive in school. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Simon Johnston, who's been doing some fantastic work over the last 12 to 18 months supporting his instructors. Um, they're actually running a giveaway, um, which we're taking entries for now on the website. Um, but on the day at 3 p.m., they'll be giving away um, the use of a, a car and actually you can take a, a year's free franchise as well. So um, you get a brand new Ford Fiesta for one year. So even if you're completely independent, that's fine. You can use the car for a year, dual control, brand new. Um, or if you want their franchise as well, you can take that for a year as well. So that's absolutely free. So there's a few different um, highlights, obviously DVSA coming along. You've got 
couple of panel discussions about the future of the driving trainer, uh, driver training industry, things like that are, are really super interesting. And, and ultimately, I love people. So just getting along to meet a lot of the people that we've probably spoken to either um, like yourself on podcasts or names that come up on email address um, sort of lists quite often or ones that contact us about different things. It's absolutely lovely putting a face to the name. Awesome. And I'm going to put you under the spotlight one, with one more question on that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you for one uh, one thing. So if you're an ADI going down and you were only going to suggest one thing for us to go and check out, what would it be? 100% completely opposite to me, but get yourself along to some of the seminar sessions. These are top quality speakers that predominantly you'd have to pay to go and listen to. Um, you know, we, we've got some really heavy hitters from the industry from training um, perspective, um, like Ray and, and Mark Bourne, who works for the AMBSM as well as their training manager. Um, Amy Hartley from FBTC talking about tax. Again, can save you money. We've got the likes of Alan Hiscox, who's the director of safety for uh, the British Horse Society. Um, Chris Lewis, who's um, the policy development lead for road safety at Warwickshire PCC, so Police Crime Commissioner. Um, and we've got loads of like, academics from different road safety angles and universities that have done um, done tests. And you know, it, it's just a, a really broad spectrum of speakers. So whatever you're interested in or whatever you think might improve you as a person, your knowledge of road safety, your business in terms of running it more effectively, um, there's some fantastic sessions. And like I said, that, that to me really is the highlight of the day from an instructor's perspective. Cool. I'd agree with that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, just being it like a kid in a candy shop, candy shop, speaking to some Americans recently, a uh, kid in a sweet <laughs> shop that's going down. Oh, which one can I visit now? Which one can I visit now? I can, I can see, see me being a bit like that and spending two minutes in one and then, oh, there's a shiny thing over there. And then running away. <laughs> yeah. um, I have to make sure I make the most of it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to tell us about uh, regarding the, the expo itself, which again, just to remind people, is the 10th of October. Uh, no, not really. No, like I said, I'd, I'd just like to see as many of you guys um, down there as possible. Um, the whole team from obviously ADI NJC, Intelligent Instructor, be there. Um, we've got over over fifty exhibitors now, so there'll probably be a lot of people that you've spoken to, businesses that you work with, whether they supply a car or whether they, um, I don't know, provide some technology, my drive time, etc. Um, there'll probably be some new businesses there that you've never heard of or that you don't know what they do as well. So. Um, always an interesting day and if you can't afford to take a day out of your schedule then we'd very much appreciate it love to see you at the event definitely and i've already said it a few times but anyone listening get yourselves down it's free cpd there you go um, <laughs> i just want to circle back because we were speaking about when you first started there the intelligent instructor and your first car magazine um and your role within those um now i know you've got well, I think it's the same role, the head of digital on both. I'm just wondering how they compare. So not necessarily a preference, if you like, but how it compares in the work you do on that. Because obviously one's aimed at instructors and one's aimed at at, at pupils. Yeah, I think I'm quite lucky, really, because, um, and it sort of circles around to why the guys started Intelligent Instructor in the first place. Um, The first car brand, as you say, is completely targeted towards learner drivers and the website that we've created firstcar.co.uk has so much information on there about learning to drive buying your first car choosing the right insurance should you get learner driver insurance how to make that work 
you know, if you're a parent supporting your learner and making sure that you're not stepping on the driving instructor's toes or you're working in conjunction with the driving instructor, because I can imagine, again, just from speaking to the many driving instructors that I have, sometimes that's a real issue. Parents are going out doing one thing, driving instructors doing another, and, you know, it's messing up the whole the whole dynamic, really. So having that um, sort of communication with driving instructors and having the ability to um, understand what's going on in the driving instructor market actually helps us immensely in the learner market because we can provide better advice. We know what's going on from a driving instructor's perspective. We can then share that with not just learners, but parents themselves. Um, and, and really, truly, you know, the first car business is, is something that um, like I said, was born out of the magazines. We want to take it into a digital space. So, you know, if any of you are out there who've got um, people that are looking to learn to drive or learner drivers that are unsure about how to get a first car, uh, not not sure where to go. It's completely independent. Um, get yourself over to firstcar.co.uk. There's a wealth of information over there. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of crossover between first car and intelligent instructor in terms of um, the messaging. Um, and, and again, we can go to different companies and we can say, look, you know, if you want to spread messages about road safety, for example, we work with um, National Rail and people like that. We can target learner drivers or young drivers, new drivers. But we can also target driving instructors who are also a hugely influential part of someone's learn to drive journey. And if we can get a road safety message in there at that stage, it's probably more likely to stick post-test than it would be if we just, you know, flash something in, in front of them before they'd even passed or after they've passed and they think that they're already an expert driver. Yeah. And and speaking of the industry as a whole, um, in fact, I'm going to caveat this question before I ask it. Um, I try and be as open and honest on this, this podcast. I can't encourage that from my guests as well in that I there's some absolutely wonderful talented people in our industry yep. and there's some people that maybe don't have the best attitude so you go from one extreme to the other uh, so when you mentioned previously about Love Dear Rider the, the, the first thing that flashed with my head is like I said I hope people are respectful you know I hope that there's not the, the abuse you see online I hope that it that those keyboard warriors actually keep it to being keyboard warriors and not not take it in person if you like yep. um but like I say, I, I kind of I try and be as honest as I can on it. So I'm, I'm massively interested as someone that's not necessarily on the front line, but is still heavily involved in the industry. What your opinion is of the instructor industry as a whole? I think in general, it's a devalued industry. So I'm very much of the um, sort of the, the stance that you go and pay 35 quid for a horse riding lesson or a violin lesson. But when people look at driving lessons, they always try and do it in the cheapest way possible, pay the least price per hour i think it's devalued and i think one of the reasons behind that is traditionally the industry has been quite slow on the on the take-up of things like new technology um so i think that is changing i think attitudes are changing um uh, there's more and more driving instructors that you speak to now who aren't just in it to you know earn a living and help people pass the test as quickly as possible you know, people are starting to look at other ways they can make safer drivers for life rather than just help people through their test I think it's a strange industry with franchises involved um, where franchises are almost seen as you can't do it on your own. So you need the support of a franchise where, you know, in other industries, if I had a, a local burger shop around the corner, you'd go, oh, that's really good. If I owned a McDonald's franchise, you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, again, working for a franchise for 10 years and understanding it from the bottom to the top. Um, I really do see that, in a way they're misunderstood. And I think sometimes 
Um, that comes across in sort of people's attitudes towards the industry in general. Uh, but I think in you know, a general comment, I would say is there needs to be more collaborative work between the whole industry. So whether that's big franchises, smaller driving schools, independents, the DVSA, you know, NASP do a great job in terms of representing um, the drive instructor industry. But I think there's more we could be doing to work together to ultimately make our roads safer, improve um, quality, pass rates, things like that. Um, and then ultimately push things like the price and the value of this industry upwards. Um, because I do think in general, it's something that um, I think should be valued a lot higher than what it is. You know, we're dealing with probably people's first huge life experience in terms of we're dealing with um, probably people's most dangerous time of their life in terms of 17 to 19. They've got friends in the car. Someone might be drinking. You know, we've got a huge responsibility in our industry to provide um, people with the right information, the right skills um, to not just right, I've passed my test and that's done to really become someone who, um, you know, driving a car isn't going to become this horrendous story that we see in a couple of years time. Um, so yeah, you know, I, that would be my comment. I, th I think if we can do more collaborative things and things like the expo are fantastic for that because it gets all of the right people in a room at the same time, um, having great conversations, you know, 99% of it is positive. Um, and it's looking forward at what we can do to, to improve standards across the board. I think as it stands, there's about 28 episodes of this, this podcast <laughs> that are out available. And you've just summed up in three minutes what I've been trying to get across in those 28 episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> just do I can stop doing it now and just put this, just, just showcase <laughs> this. But no, you that I think you've just absolutely hit the nail on the head. There's a lack of collaboration. I think a lot of places within instructors, it's they look at it as me versus you. I mean, this podcast, for example. I talk about McNulls' other podcasts as an instructor. They did podcasts. I talk about Dipod. I've been on Dipod. You know, I promote them because I want, I've said this before, I want other instructors to do podcasts because I want stuff to listen to. But yeah, I think there is a slight turning of the corner at the minute with, and I'm going to use myself as an example, with, you know, someone like me doing this podcast with uh, my, the driving instructor, driving instructor and trainers collective coming out and, and people like Bob Morton now going off and doing his own standard check workshops and stuff like that. I'm starting to, maybe it's because I'm just getting more involved. Maybe that I'm slightly mistaken there, but I do think it's just starting to turn a little corner towards that. And I think there's some, uh, some green shoots, uh, poking up a little bit and I hope that, that something like the Expo uh, especially when we can get it regularly yearly, uh, annually without the whole Covid thing <laughs> spam it works I hope that can be a bit of a, a jump start to the industry as well because I, I'm a massive believer that if we all just showed unity to the public and to the DBSA then that's going to present a better image of us rather than you know Person A charges £17 an hour and person B charges £30 an hour and why is there a difference and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think that a bit more unity, yeah, honestly, you've just, you've done 28 episodes worth of work in that three minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like you said, I've, I've been around the industry for long enough without being a driving instructor. It's quite a unique place to to sit. You know, when I worked for BSM, we had 110 high street stores um, and part of my sort of role for the first two years was going to base myself in these places for six to seven weeks to work with the people who worked in those shops to improve the processes that they had improved sales and things um and you know weekly you'd have driving instructors coming in back then it was called a rog 
I think it's named after a guy called Roger, but I can't remember, but uh, I think that's a true story. And they come in with their books every week and say, right, this is the lesson I've done. Here's the signature. Why haven't I got more pupils or I've got too many pupils, or whatever it might be, or just come in for a chat. So, you know, over my, my career, I've probably met a couple of thousand driving instructors. Um, and from that, you get quite a good um, a good bead on what, what the industry is all about. And I think you know, things like networking events, um, whenever I hear about local associations or local meetings of driving instructors that, that's fantastic for me because in general unless you're part of a small franchise or whatever it might be you're probably out there on your own most of the time um and it's all down to yourself and you know as much as you can talk to your family about it and your friends they've probably got other stuff going on so speaking to people who are like-minded in the same position as you um whether it's about driving instructors or anything else is always great because you have shared interest in things um, and from that mainly comes good. So, um, you know, I, I think you're right. If we can get people to events like the, the expo um, and get people to engage with each other, um, then, you know, hopefully it's going to be mainly positives that come out at the end. Definitely. There's lights at the end of the... That sounds a bit morbid, but, but yes, <laughs> green shoots. We'll go with that one. There's green shoots. Um, no, I really appreciate it coming on today. We've covered a, a broad array of topics there. Um, but what... Like I said, I'll put all this in the show notes, but where can people find you? And is there anything else you would like to uh, to champion while you're on? Uh, no, not really. So uh, like I said, I think um, you can always get in touch with us. We've got a Facebook page for Intelligent Instructor, um, which is literally facebook.com forward slash Intelligent Instructor. Um, hit us up on the Intelligent Instructor website. Check out the news on a regular basis. Sign up for the newsletter so that you get that news um, sent to your inbox every Friday. Um, my email address, which you're welcome to put on, uh, the the notes as well as richard.borges at intelligentinstructor.co.uk. Um, so if anyone's got any questions about anything we do um, or quite wants clarification on anything, please do just drop me an email. Um, you know, again, we love speaking to people. We know our business is driving instructors. So um, understanding as much instructors and engaging with them, um, you know, is only going to put us in, in a better step. And if, if you've got a load of learners that are looking to get a first car and looking to get on the insurance ladder, then again, firstcar.co.uk is the place to be. Awesome. Um, so the, the, the thing I like to ask all the guests that have been on is to mm-hmm. leave us with a book recommendation. It can be fiction, non-fiction. If you want to do a couple, that's completely fine. But what okay. are you going to recommend to me and my listeners to read or listen to, I suppose? Uh, this is probably the biggest test that you've given me so far today. <laughs> I've never been a big reader. I'm more of a film guy. But uh, I, I can give you a couple of books that, that I've, um, I've, I find entertaining, let's say. Um, when I was in sort of my early career, I really focused on, you know, entrepreneurism and how do I, I don't even know if that's the right word, but, you know, being an entrepreneur and how to really put yourself in the right mindset. Um, and one of the, the books that are the guys that I really followed was a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Um, very much a motivational guy you know, in the digital age. Uh, and there's a book that he's done in 2018 called uh, Crushing It. Um, and it's about how great entrepreneurs build their business and influence um, what they do. So, you know, if you're sort of sat there and you're maybe thinking, you know, I, I want to grow my business, but I'm not really sure how, or maybe my mindset's not quite right. I'm, I'm maybe not the guy who can do this. Um, I think that really helps everyone become that person um, and puts people in the right state of mind. Um, and then, you know, my other books would be probably a little bit more lighthearted. So, um, you know, a big football fan. So, I uh, quite recently read um, Jeff Stelling's um, autobiography, which was fantastic. The guys uh, present Sky Sports News. Um, and then, again, being a, 
unfortunately being an Arsenal fan, which is horrendous thing to say at this point. <laughs> Uh, Paul Merson's autobiography was a real eye-opener um, to see what the world was like in um, as a sort of young footballer in the late 80s versus what we know it to be like now. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, not, not not a huge book guy, if I'm honest. No, I, I like the uh, the Gary Vaynerchuk one. I've just finished the, his first one, which I quite highly which was Crush It. So I immediately went and downloaded, because I listened on audio, immediately went and downloaded the, the Crush It, but I've got, not got to it yet. But I'll, after that, I might bump up my list a little bit. Yeah, no, no, honestly, it's, it's a fantastic read. Like, it's just motivational, you know. It, it tries to break down those barriers that you've got in your own head where you think, oh, I'm not sure if I could do that or how do I go around being this really cool entrepreneur guy when actually you don't really need to. You just need the right mindset and the right ideas and it'll help you push through your own barriers anyway. I have a, a handful of... I'm going to refer to some sort of motivational speakers, if you like, that I want on the show. Uh, yeah. Gary, uh, Gary V, last close on it. Gary V, he's yeah, yeah, he's Gary one v. of them. Um, he's on, not replying to my messages at the minute, oddly enough, but mm-hmm. uh, I have managed to get uh, one of them, and I'm not going to mention it because it hasn't actually been recorded yet. So just in case, I have managed to get one of the people that was desperate to get on from day one to agree to come on. You have got that to listen forward to, to look forward to for season two. I'm saying no more just yet, just in case. No, but I, I really appreciate you giving me your time, Sir Richard. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. And anyone that listens, like I say, just go down. I'm saying go down if you come from London, go up. Um, you can tell where I'm coming from there, can't you? Uh, go to the expo, sign up to the Instru- in- Intelligent Instructor Plus, because uh, I know I will be. All the links and stuff will be in the show notes. So, yeah, uh, very much appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on. No worries. Thanks, Terry. And, uh, yeah, I hope your listeners have uh, a great day. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So as always, the show has finished, but you are still here. So thank you for hanging about. And also a big thank you to Richard hanging about, who is taking these ever so intimidating quick fire questions. Are you ready to rumble, Richard? Let's go. Okay, big question to begin with, dog or cat? Dog. Good answer, best answer. Um, Oh, we kind of touched on this before, but what is your favourite book of all time? Uh, I'll go with Gary V. I can't remember the the, the name of it. I'm crushing it. That was it. Would you ever consider going vegan? Yes. I actually try to do one or two vegan days a week, so I'm sort of easing myself into it. Well, if you want any tips, come to me, because I turned last year and haven't looked back. What is your favourite film of all time? Top Gun. If you were an instructor, how would you refer to your students? Would it be like students, learners, pupils, customers? Um, it's a great question. I'd, I'd probably say learners. What is your proudest achievement? <sighs> probably the birth of my son. Um, yeah, he's five next week. So yeah, very much got, got my hands full at the moment. <laughs> I'm uh, Congratulations. Uh, I am going to rephrase that question. Aside from many children, what <laughs> is your proudest achievement? Um, great question. Um, from a professional perspective, probably the, the 2019 event is probably one of the things where very visual, you can see, look, this is something amazing that we've created. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Hopefully after October the 10th, you'll have a new one. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a thousand people turned up. That's a goal. Uh, and then the last question, maybe this, I've just answered it for you. The last question, give me one goal you would like to achieve going forward. Yeah, let's let's go with a thousand people at the event in October. I think that's something that's measurable and something that's realistic and, you know, a few weeks away. So hopefully you can help us do that. 
I'm going to start pushing that. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, for the whole podcast and indeed for the, uh, the, the quick fire questions. Again, very much appreciate your time. Cool. Doris, thanks.